Welcome to the UK Ravens podcast, the only official, unofficial Baltimore Ravens podcast from the United Kingdom. Yes, everybody's favourite time of year has returned. The Ravens' undefeated pre-season winning streak survives. Uh, how to lose one of the hosts within the first 30 seconds as I've already lost James. He's already signing off for the night. Welcome back to the UK Ravens podcast. My name is Gaz Paul and I'm joined by my friends who I met on the internet. James Ogden, Shane Richmond and Ben Mortimer. Guys... One preseason game is in the books as the Ravens go on to beat the Eagles 20 to 19 and to extend their winning streak. Something else for us to talk about for at least the next week as we prepare to play the Washington team. Are we calling them? Is it are they the Commanders for this they year? Are the still? Commanders apparently. It doesn't still for this year. Yeah. Um, do we know because they're going to the Red Wings the year after? I've, there was talk of them changing the name again, wasn't there? But no, I think they're staying with Commanders. Still the Commanders. So the football team from Washington, um, the yet-to-be-named football team from Washington. Before that, let's get into the news. Um, I'm going to start with some pretty sad news that dropped earlier this week. Former Ravens running back Alex Collins, who sadly died in a motorbike accident. Um, Ben, we... We remember Alex Collins probably more for his um, celebration and his love for Irish dancing more than uh, probably what he did for the team and the whole. He, he, he had his he had his little window and he was um, a good little player for us for a while, um, but more a, more a big personality and seemingly a, a nice guy to be around. It's um, incredibly sad news coming out at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, it's, uh, it was horrible to wake up to that news this morning. Uh, sort of f- first thing I saw when I turned my phone on and had a quick look at uh, a Twitter or X, and, and there it was. And uh, yeah, horrible. Um, to and at only twenty eight. I, I was actually surprised he was because it, it seems quite a long time ago that he he played for us and played for Seattle. It was all pre pandemic and stuff, and I, I assumed he's older than that. But either way, it's no age, <clears throat> you know. Um, yeah, whatever. And um, yeah, horrific circumstances. Awful news. Great player. I thought I used to love watching him play. He was uh, so um, he was so dynamic and 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 fast. He's such fast feet, um, and he had surprisingly powerful. Um, um, you know, for his for his frame and um, he did that that season in in seventeen um, where he had over a thousand yards and nine TDs. I mean, he really uh, played very very well that year. Um, and you know, there were flashes other seasons too. He had some injury issues in eighteen, I think, as well. Uh, he was uh, he was supp- uh, supplanted as, as sort of RB one, but um, he, uh, he always seemed to be having fun on the field. And and you're right, the first thing after the shock this morning that popped into my head was him doing an Irish jig in the end zone um, and I think that's how um, yeah, many people would wish to remember him he, um, he by all accounts um, was a tremendous teammate a really really genuinely nice guy uh, I remember seeing a thing you know like a, 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 a him teaching people Irish dancing it was like an NFL thing um, during that time when he I think he'd gone to Seattle at that point um, but I don't think I've ever heard anyone have anything bad to say about him and uh, yeah just really really sad news I was trying to work out the timeline did he play in London in 2017 then was he that must have been sort of round, round, around Alex Collins's time with the Ravens I think he would have been on the, on that team yeah mm. um, and he was almost he was two weeks short of his 29th birthday so he was sort of 
almost 29, but I, I agree with Ben. I, th- I thought he was older than... I thought he would have been in his early 30s. RG3 shared a, a really nice story on Twitter about how he went out with him, with him in Baltimore when he first arrived in the city and, and that um, sort of everybody knew, knew him wherever they went. There was people who were sort of like just knew who he was and, and seemed to gravitate towards him and and not just from a kind of fan perspective, more in about the sort of the way he treated people around the city. So I think he was, he really was well liked. And I like you, Ben, I, I loved the way he ran. Like he just, he ran with this like reckless abandon. He just didn't care if he was throwing his body around and um it was just a it was, he was he was a tremendous running back to watch play and and that one season he really saved our running game and and was a just a, just a joy to watch really um and and you know when we've been used to sort of those bruising backs in Baltimore and you think of Laron McLean and Willis McGahee and Jamal Lewis um like Alex Collins sort of sat there for me after that season that was just it was a phenomenal season that he that he had so it really is really sad just just had a look. It was 2017. He um, joined the Ravens um, after an injury to which running back? Anyone got this one? Danny Woodhead. Danny Woodhead was the starting running back for the Ravens in 2017. Um, obviously, then would have come to London. It, with the Irish dancing thing, I, just, I can't help but feel that was like um, NFL, NFL UK's way of Alex Collins is coming to England. Let's make let's get some Irish dancing going because um, the video is um, Alex Collins gets Irish dancing lessons in Ireland. Um, nice. They're, they're very keen to push that. So um, he got, um, according to Pro Football Reference, he got 82 yards in that London game. But then it also says that he got 82 yards in the following week as well. I think maybe Pro Football <laughs> Reference has made a mistake here. Oh dear. So but anyway, he did. Uh, he he did play. He did play. So sad news about Alex Collins, who um, yeah dies at um, 28, uh, 28 following a um, a motorbike injury. Um, there's no smooth way to transition this, so I'm I'm just going to clunk it straight in and um, talk about a another running back, Shane um, J.K. Dobbins, our current starting um, quote unquote running back. Um, he's he's off the pup list. Um, he was on the pup list because well, we don't really know, do we? we but it's just all everything's fine. Apparently. Yeah, if you listened to last week's podcast, we discussed this um, that he had been in a sort of contract dispute running backs generally are a bit upset about uh, how much they get paid these days um, and we were saying that it would probably still make sense for him to be playing because he's not really going to be helping himself staying out um, and as soon as he heard that podcast he was on his phone <laughs> on his phone to his agent and saying look I, the, the UK Ravens guys are saying that this is a bad move uh, I think I'm going to go back in um, dominoes started to fall as well. There's some running backs have been snapped up in other places. So I don't know if there's just a general murmuring amongst the running backs union that, okay, it's time to give in and, and uh, start going back to work. But uh, some of those running backs who were on the shelf, Zeke Elliott, for example, has been signed by the Patriots. Um, the Jets Darvin signed. Cooks yeah, the, the Jets, the Jets yeah. signed Darvin Cook. So it seems like that whole thing is kind of maybe blowing over, and it's yeah. so I don't think it's a coincidence that Dobbins is back this week uh, and apparently practicing well. So fingers crossed for a good season for him. Must have been decided um, in the bringing back WhatsApp group. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Zeke, Zeke's like, I'm joining the Pats, LOL, and it's like, oh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> go back to work then. It's, I mean, it, it, it sort of Ben touches on it in a jokey fashion, but. The, the the running back union only works if they remain in unison. Like as soon as one two go, 
J.K. Dobbins has got a paycheck waiting for him. It, it can't be hard to be like, well, yeah. everyone else is sort of going back to work now. I'm, <laughs> I, I may as well go back to work. But interesting timing um, to go back to work the week year um, in Washington, and obviously that's <laughs> yeah. that's 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 where the in, the injury happened. You'd have thought, well. I can maybe take one more week off and I go back. I don't think they'll play him. I'm not sure they're going to play him, but they are. No. Are they practicing, they're practicing at Washington, I assume? So. Not even, they're practicing in Baltimore. They're not, not even going to let him touch yeah. the turf. Not even <laughs> going to... Don't even get close. Um, okay. Um, so speaking of people protecting um, themselves against the turf at um, the Washington Stadium, James, um, Ronnie Stanley's missed a couple of days of practice. Um it's come out that they're just sort of protecting that weak ankle. I think this is, um, a, it's very clearly a sensible move, but should we be, should there be an undertone of worry to this announcement? I don't know. I don't think so. It seems, it seems like it is just load management and, and obviously he's going to have to play a lot of games this year and, and play pretty much hundred percent of the snaps. So you kind of just want to manage him very carefully. Um, I, I, if it lingers then maybe we need to be a little bit worried but two days you would think it's just kind of just managing the load on him at this point in the preseason and not not needing him out there we know what he is we know who he is there's no no need for him to be out there um I, but if it lingers we'll just start to be a little bit concerned just because of the nerve issue that that lingered for so long you kind of worry that that might be sort of reappearing a little bit but I think at, at this point it just seems eminently sensible to just uh, manage his load there's absolutely no point in him getting reps um, and and possibly it's a thing about you know that they, they feel they feel a bit better about managing his load um, sort of managing his practice reps when it's just a Ravens practice but when it's a joint practice you don't necessarily want to see him going up against um foes from down the road who who really don't care about him or, or his ankle um so not suggesting that the ravens don't go full out when they go in practice uh, against themselves but i suppose they're probably just protecting him and i think that makes total sense at this point yeah, it's going to be, um we sort of joked about this in the podcast last week so we're really interested to see who the ravens actually wheel out there to, to play in that um washington field um, next week so I think they, they're sort of they're going to be preparing as many people as possible to, to just to just chill out um, just chill out as we go into um, a place where the, the stadium could literally fall on the team yeah I got a call uh, earlier in the week <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately not not um, unaware that you're currently taking some paternity leave and, and, and can't commit to the flight um, overseas I, I was going fr- to frame the next point on the news completely different but um, and sort of frame it to Ben as um, okay other than Marlon Humphrey um, and Rocky Sin who who have we got playing cornerback but um, I can see that um, Shane's been adding to the uh, show scripts as we've been going, been um, recording here and the Ravens have claimed some more um, cornerbacks as we go that is reaction to Pepe Williams, who's undergoing a second ankle surgery um, and is expected to go on injured reserve. Uh, Rocky Sin, Armour Davis, Arthur Mallet, all currently injured. Um, ben, this um, cornerback room was looking pretty terrible, but there's a, a couple of reserves um, starting to to, co- to come in here. Yeah, um, but it is thin, isn't it? And yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> Uh, not ideal for Williams, unfortunately. A pretty gruesome uh, res- uh, description by Harbour about some bone 
kind of coming out or something not coming out but uh, not fusing properly and a screw coming out and stuff like that so um, it's a not season ending but not ideal because he was only drafted last year in the fourth round and um, to have this happen in his you know second season is, is a real bummer for him Yarsin's kind of my biggest concern I think because if he's fully healthy he'd be obviously tabled the starter opposite Marlon Humphrey and and, and apparently he's some way off being uh, healthy so um, that is a concern um, so yeah uh, I'm just looking through now so who have we signed Shane? <laughs> uh, so not big names I mean definitely depth players um, we claimed Tay Hayes or Ty okay. Hayes uh, from the Lions off waivers um, and uh, then picked up DeAndre Houston Carson uh, so he was formerly with the Bears so two cornerbacks have been picked up but um, I mean I, I guess it's sort of what you'd expect for players who are floating around without a team at this stage of the season they're not going to be big names but they're definitely adding depth rather than replacing guys like uh, Rocky Seen yeah, and generally people that you pick up at this time of year, uh, there's a reason that they're available to be picked up, and it's mainly practice and camp bodies. So it's probably not going to offer any kind of uh, resolution if uh, to our depth problems as far as starters go. I think we just have to hope that um, yeah, people like Armour Davis, uh, who obviously is yeah, the coaches have a lot of faith in, um, is healthy enough when the when the regular season comes around that um, you know Rockyson is uh, is okay to go and obviously you know Marlon hasn't exactly been bulletproof the last couple of years either so um, it, it is a concern I mean there's no there's no sugarcoating it it's the weakest point of the team isn't it and if we get a couple of injuries then we better hope our pass rushes up to snuff. <laughs> do you think there's any regrets um, in the Ravens front office surrounding Marcus Peters? Do do we think that that we sort of hung on for him a little bit too late, and he, he the, the sort of the long term plan might have been to bring him back in, and he's just sort of got uh, the rug swept, swept away from them a bit. Or do they have do they have a plan here? I think they wanted to shift away from his style of play because the difference between him and Yassine is that Yassine is much more of a zone corner, whereas Peters is a strict man to man guy, and it caused some problems for the Ravens last season. That that I think I mean the thing is you know Peters is one of the best man-to-man guys in the league when he's at his best um, and he's still capable of playing zone but he's not at that same level so when they were asking him to play zone he was making some mistakes there were some, some fingers pointed at him uh, for the Miami comeback for example that he wasn't uh, necessarily where he was supposed to be so I think they wanted to move away from him but it definitely is one of those I always think of like roster building for NFL teams as kind of like keeping all of the plates spinning and you just get one going, which they've done with the wide receivers. And then there's another one that's gone wrong somewhere else. And it's just defensive back looks pretty tight, but I don't think they wanted Peters back either way. And I don't know what they would necessarily do with him in Mike McDonald's scheme if they had him. Any 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 thoughts on what what may be the solution there? Surely we can't, we, we can't wheel Jalen Amadavis out there as as cornerback two can we at this point James are you going to tell me that he's looking better than what we expect him to be and that's the case your face your face tells me one story <laughs> no it's not it's not great I, I, I mean at this point in the season uh, in the off season I, I thought there would be something else there's there's a possibility that 
um de costa is waiting for the for the trade deadline um which he's done before obviously with marcus peters he's done before um so th- there's a possibility that he's waiting for that he's waiting to see what they have um because they are tied up against the cap now um people will look and say they've got you know 10 million dollars but they that's that's what they'll want to carry into the season so th- it's not like they're going to they can create cap space um so they could they could create some cap space and and, and go out there but there's not a lot out there at the moment um, from the cornerback position, um, the the depth in the market isn't great right now. The, there's more depth on the edge rusher market for sure, um, and I would imagine they'll bring somebody in um, on the edge. But by all accounts, uh, some the 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 play of Adafi Elway in in preseason is in in camp is is kind of leading them to not need to necessarily do that. And I thought um, there were a few guys who had some interesting games uh, at the weekend. I, I, they do need to do something at corner. They they cannot go into the you know there's the old adage from Aussie Newsom about when you've got enough corner when you think you've got enough corners add another one, um, and the Ravens are certainly not in a position where they can say they've got enough corners at this point. So um, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens when they go into the season. I suspect there might be a bit of pain there for a while for for Ravens fans and and unfortunately with the way that you know. They have paid Lamar Jackson. We're going to have to take some pain on certain areas of the roster at some points um, over the next few years, I would think. Eric, um, Lacey, I know you're, you're both um, avid listeners to the UK Ravens podcast. If we, if we could try and get this fixed before week six, um, that'd be good. Um, it'd be sad for having been having spent the summer in the UK Ravens WhatsApp groups. Uh, I don't need to see DeAndre Hopkins in Wembley to absolutely, absolutely torch the um, the Ravens defensive backs, um, and I, I don't need to see the aftermath in the WhatsApp group if that is the case. So, or, or Spurs um, for that matter. <laughs> it's oh, funny, yeah, isn't it? Was... it the, the Titans is an interesting um, case study in it because, like, the, the, it shows you the the importance of Marlon Humphrey. Like, it, it, without there, there is a good chance that Hopkins won't run riot at, at, at the Tottenham Stadium if Marlon Humphrey is healthy. Um, I would can be very concerned about Traylon Burks absolutely running all over the Ravens um, in that in that contest, but. It's it's he is absolutely pivot. His health is absolutely pivotal right now, um, and that's a scary place to be. Absolutely. Um, okay, James, just come straight back to you here. Um, joint practice with the commanders going on at the moment. Um, it's been all over my X timeline today. Still can't quite get used to saying that, but this is the world we now live in. Um, a little bit of fisty cuffs. Um, as to be expected, um, lots of exciting videos um, coming out from Flowers. Um, Adafi Oa sort of um, pushing himself forward as the next um, candidate to be James Prochet, the highlight of the preseason, then completely disappearing the season. What are your what are your takeaways from um, the joint practice with the Commanders that you've seen so far? Well, it, it, I mean, it's pretty much dominated by the the fisticuffs, isn't it? Which, uh, uh, which I'm sure any American listeners will enjoy that phrase. Um, <laughs> uh, handbags, uh, we would also call it over here. Um, it's uh, yeah, it's pretty. Uh, I mean, it's funny, isn't it? It's just, I think, it's just people wanting to show off to the coaches that they that they have got competitive fire, and actually, it's just a bit of nonsense. Uh, Shout think- out Devin Duvernay, who ran from the other side of the field to suplex somebody. <laughs> way to way to make the practice squad go. <laughs> It was absolutely great. That was I really enjoyed that. Um, no, but I think it's it's you know it's it's it is what it is. I think the most uh, intriguing thing, as we've as we as you mentioned, Gaz was is the the clips of um, Zay Flowers against like not this uh, depleted Raven secondary. Uh, obviously, Washington secondary not that 
not that much better <laughs> but um going up against Emmanuel Forbes who I who I really rated coming out um and you see him just really causing problems for those for those defensive backs and there's a little video of Marlon Humphrey this uh, this week saying that the most difficult thing about football at the moment is covering Zay Flowers um in practice so I yeah I was particularly high on him and I'm going to keep banging that drum because people will be keep banging the drum against me on the James Brochet thing. <laughs> but, who, are, so, who are these people? <laughs> but just, just remember, I was very high on Zay Flowers as well. Uh, and so it looks like it's going to, I mean, we'll talk about him from the preseason game as well, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, those are, those, those are pictures, are re- those videos are really exciting of, of the way he's, he's playing and, and matches the accounts we're getting from not just Baltimore reporters, but national reporters. As well. yeah, Peter King really likes him, doesn't he? Yeah. Perspective is such an important thing when it comes to these videos because the one on ones we, we we've always said the one on one the one on ones are, are just set up to, to to screw the cornerback. It's the same with the uh, edge rush O linemen. They're just set up to make the um, in the case of the edge rusher, they make the edge rusher look good. These are set up to make the wide receiver look good. As soon as it's our wide receiver, like, oh, did you see him in that one on one? Absolutely smoked the guy. Didn't have a chance. So <laughs> Completely de- fair battle. Didn't have a chance. <laughs> so that's definitely true. But I think there's been some other stuff as well within the what. So that you you can see uh, there's a video of him from this practice where he um, is completely draped by the defensive back. There's just no separation at all, um, which obviously has been something that he's getting loads of normally. Um, and you see him dive to to his left to a ball thrown away and catch the ball with the defensive back all over him, mm-hmm. um, basically holding him, uh, and he still gets his hands on the ball, which is which is phenomenal. Um, and also, you can see it in the game situations when they do the full eleven on eleven. And there's a clip of um, Odell Beckham catching a ball down the sideline, which is great. But if you look on the right hand side, you see Zay Flowers absolutely destroy the cornerback um, on a route where the, the corner just completely just does not know what the hell has just happened and Zay Flowers is open by about six yards um, so uh, yeah it's um, it's good it's good there's good stuff in there from I think so I, I, I saw that video that you, you're referring to um, t- two questions for you off the back of that video two questions for the back of the video um, and this might be me reading way too much into one video from practice and you can tell me that that's, that's absolutely fine I'll, I'll take that um Zay Flowers is wide open. Odell Beckham's got fairly tight coverage as Lamar made the right decision there. And um, Odell slows down for that ball. It's not on the money. He has to slow down and come back for it. What <laughs> Concern? Any? It's, like he's, no. it's outside the numbers. It's deep. Is that... No. Am, I, am, I, am I fitting the ESPN narrative here? You are definitely fitting the ESPN narrative. Uh, you are not fitting the narrative of people who have watched <laughs> hours of Lamar Jackson's film and know he can make all of the throws and that is not an issue for him. Um, and he's a particularly good deep ball thrower, actually, when he's given the opportunity to do it. Uh, I, I wouldn't overreact to one rep in practice. Um, it, as for picking Odell, it might have been something that they... Um, have worked on in, in terms of the the play, you know. If if Odell, like it, 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 it's practice, so yeah. it may have been that they were he was always intending to throw it to Odell Beckham because they wanted to to particularly try that route down yeah. the sideline and not and not really think about progressions. So uh, I'm not, yeah, I wouldn't be reading too much into that. Cool. Right, let's end the news on an, a bit of an odd one, Shane. So this this, the, I mean, this is this is. Potentially mental, isn't it? Like this is this is unbelievable. Um, so 
Michael Orr, the Super Bowl winning right tackle for the Ravens. Um, famously starred, or didn't star, but had a film um, about him, The Blind Side, with Sandra Bullock. Good film. Emmy nominated, I think. Did it win the Emmy? Might have even won the Emmy. She might have won an Oscar for it, didn't she? She won the Oscar, yeah. Anyway, highly highly rated film. Um, it's now come out that the family never adopted him, took his story, and robbed him of all his money. Is, am, I, am I reading this right? That's what he's claiming, yeah. So it's very weird, as you say. Um, this is been going on for a while um it's he thought he he says he thought he was adopted in fact they took a conservator agreement i think similar to uh the kind of arrangement that britney spears was put under so somebody else could manage her affairs they he says they signed a conservator agreement so they could control him from a business perspective and that they made lots of money um, from the Blind Sign movie, including the their actual biological kids, and he didn't make any money from that movie, is what he's claiming. So he says he did. He thought he was adopted. He didn't know about the conservatorship. Uh, he was signing a document that he hadn't hadn't been explained to him properly, uh, and he didn't get any money from the movie. The family denies all of that. They say that uh, nobody, none of them, made any money from the movie. Um, and that they got Michael Lewis's share, or half of Michael Lewis's money. Michael Lewis wrote the book, The Blind Side. So the family say they, they shared that out equally. Everybody got the same amount, including Michael Orr. Um, they also say they couldn't adopt him because he was over 18 at the time. So the only way that they could uh, get the necessary legal arrangement they needed to get him into college was to adopt a conservatorship. Um, and they say that that was explained to him and he knew that. So who knows? I mean, it seems like there's no actual dispute that he wasn't adopted. Um, that seems to be, you know, that's like legally nobody is saying that, that he was. The question is whether he thought he was, whether that was properly explained to him and whether anybody made money out of that movie uh, and didn't give him a share of it seems to be the dispute. So very, very weird um, and quite sad given all the, all the stuff that he's been through in his life. The fact that it's sort of come to this kind of dispute um, is a shame for everybody involved, really. Uh, what 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 is what what do you think brings this on, Shane? Do you think this is uh, Michael or potentially you, you see a lot of see, veterans now, who start to struggle you, with money? Now, guys, you you you're going into speculation here. That you, <laughs> oh, sorry. You're, you're going into X or Twitter mode. I mean, I mean, because everyone, everyone, everyone on Twitter actually knows what's actually happening here, or one side oh. does and the other side knows the other side. Well, the but, people on Twitter don't even know that they're on the social media platform. It's called half, X now, Ben. Well, X. Half, I said X. X. I said X or Twitter. <laughs> and, half, and half of the Xs are now going after Sandra Bullock as well and telling her to make a public statement and maybe even return her award. And how dare she uh, portray someone what, that was... What's Sandra Bullock got to do with this? She was she, in the... She, she, she knows that, she but how like, could she control any of this? <laughs> well, she can't, but they're idiots. I think that's <laughs> the problem. Yeah. Even, so he even, says he even, even Michael himself recently. didn't know until Monday, but obviously Sandra should have known when she made the movie. <laughs> he says he only found out about this legal arrangement relatively recently, which is why it's come up now. He's been consulting legal advice, but... Um, yeah, I don't know. It could all just be a giant misunderstanding uh, from an otherwise supportive and successful family or there's 
the shenanigans. Who knows? How about the Blind Side Two is coming out, and this is all a massive, <laughs> a massive marketing ploy to get, a people plot to, twist. <laughs> to get people talking about the Blind Side because I guess it has been blindsided in this, um, yeah, in this d- negotiation. So blindsided to release 2025. So, you, you hit it here first. You start with him winning the Super Bowl, and then it goes down into. <laughs> yeah. The career just slowly coming to an end, and then he discovers that his whole life was a lie. Yeah, there we go. That's, that, that is the plot for Blindside. Right, Shane, you write. Can we write? Can we write that story? Can we write the book? <laughs> this is this is this is potentially our millions. Um, yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Let's do that. Cool. Yeah. Right. Okay. We're gonna jump um, to the Wire Raven. Who we've, we've got Foz, uh, sorry, Darren on this week, um, who's going to talk about Wire Raven and talk about his involvement with the Instagram and with the WhatsApp groups and with the meetups for this year. Before we do that, speaking of meetups for this year, let's talk about London and the London weekend. If you pre-registered for your London weekend um, event tickets and you haven't already or haven't seen the communications, please, please, please check your emails, check your junk. If you filled in that form and you haven't received an email, please email us at hello at ukravens.org um, and we'll happily check the list to make sure you're on there and send you the information. Um, I sent Check the informa- your junk folder is, is what you mean. We've not... Check your junk folder. We haven't check got check any your of junk that. as well. It's good. If you're over 40, check that as well. <laughs> we, haven't, we haven't got any of that sponsorship for like the manscaping, <laughs> manscaping ads that all the podcasts seem to have for a while. But... But we wouldn't say no if they're, if they're we were, listening. Were we offered some manscaping money, or is that not? I think we might have been offered some manscaping money in the early, in the early days, actually. Funny enough. Dude, what? Um, so check your email junk mail folder if that wasn't clear enough, um, or if it was just Shane trying to make a cheap joke. Um, it might. It may have come from multiple people um it turns out i'm not very good at doing a mail merge so some people will have got an email from gaz at recentbeans.com check it out if you want fresh roasted <laughs> coffee um, some people may have got an email from shane at ukravens.org a handful of people may have got an email from hello at ukravens.org um just, just keep your eye out. It could have come from anyone. The 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 email address has now changed. We are now hello at ukravens.org. So if you need, if you you feel you should have received an email by now and you haven't, please do email us. We'll we'll check the list and send you the information over. Um, we've, we're already about seventy five percent sold for the Saturday night event. We've only announced the Saturday um, evening event for now. The Sunday morning tailgate and any other events will be announced um, by mid September. September. So please, once again, check your emails. Okay, let's go to the Wire Raven with Darren, um, and then we'll return on the other side to talk about preseason week one and look forward to preseason week two. Let's go. <laughs> This week's White Raven, we are joined by our Instagram guy. Welcome to the UK Ravens podcast, Darren. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Thanks. Thanks for being so welcoming, Gareth. It's okay. So, um, if you don't know that voice, um, this is Foz, or Darren as he prefers to be called, um, who runs the UK Ravens Instagram <laughs> handle. Um, so, other than running the UK Ravens Instagram handle, um, Darren, what? Tell us a bit about yourself. Whereabouts in the UK? Uh, um, um, yeah, tell us a bit about you. Uh, may I call you Foz? 
Yeah, I, I, I would love it if you did. Well, okay. Um, I am um, Foz from the Instagram, as you've said. I am from Warrington uh, in the northwest, somewhere sandwiched between Manchester and Liverpool, which is usually how we refer to ourselves because everybody knows where they are. Um, um, yeah, the, the, there's not really a lot interesting about me. That's why I spend most of my time making pretty pictures. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I mean, Foz, you, you are obviously wearing a, a, a quite a nice um, kind of uh, unique. What is that? Is it? A, I mean, is it a Ravens jersey you're wearing there? What is that? Oh no, it's a TCU Horned Frogs jersey. Horns up. Oh, okay. <laughs> of course it is. Yes, it is. I, I, th- I thought I'd wear it especially for, for for this because I know that both Gaz and James adore TCU and in particular Max Duggan. So I thought I'd wear my uh, Max Duggan jersey in, in you know honour of this moment that we're we're having right now. For, the, for those outside this little in-between group, um, James's love for TCU is about as genuine as Foz's jersey. <laughs> <laughs> and for those who can't see the video, it's a terrible Chinese copy. Sorry, go on, Ben. It's awful. It's awful. Already, the colour is, like, disappearing already. But as, as well as... But as well as Instagram, you you spend yeah. a, a good amount of time p- policing uh, and also contributing to WhatsApp the UK Ravens groups as well, don't you? Ah, well, yeah. So um, we've set up. First of all, we set up an arrangers group, um, which was a load of people that we we hoped would be interested in creating meets in certain regions all around the country. Um, and then it moved on from there and the, the groups themselves uh, became regional and people all joined them. We've got about, uh, what what was my last count? About 105 people spread about all of these different regional groups now. Um, all contributing, all deciding where they want to, to, to meet, having conversations between themselves and it's just spreading and building a, a community and uh, it was for, for, from my point of view my involvement it was more about just getting it set in, set up and letting it become its its own beast which it's it's pretty much it is there already so I've managed to escape a good a good amount of groups because I, I'm I'm not needed now they just need to kind of get back in touch um, we need to get back in touch with Ian when they've got a, a meet set up so we can get things done regarding the ticketing um, and for, for me I'm just looking at trying to keep everything scheduled as best as we can and the meet separate at first while the groups are relatively uh, on the smaller side because if you've got, I don't know, if you've got a London meet at the same time as a Midlands meet, there's potential that, that people from Birmingham could have got the train down to London quite easily because the, the networks are, are very strong there. If we keep the meet separate, 
you've got more chance of people being able to intermingle and just you know just build the community that's all it's about really go have a, a drink Sorry, Foz. Uh, you've you've yeah. got a couple of me- you've got a couple of meetings announced already. How how many are we how many are we, are we looking to have? And if obviously if there's anything anything that isn't quite locked in yet, you haven't got to give out any information that yeah. um, the the groups would be happy with sharing. But how how mm-hmm. what, what are we looking like for for meets this year so far? Uh, well, we were at a point of having a meet every week, other than the Steelers meet uh, before London. Uh, I think that Steelers meet was probably a bit of a, an ask for people, really, given the, the expense of the following weekend, really. So we tried to give it at least a fortnight. Um, there's, I, we've got one in Bristol. We've got one in the Northwest. Scotland have just confirmed, although that's we've not released that yet. So think of this as an announcement I suppose <laughs> uh, yeah, Scot- Scotland uh, sorted themselves out now um, I believe London was going to be doing week one but it's uh, it's just hit a couple of speed bumps um, and, and people are getting on and trying to sort that out and trying to make sure that it, it still continues and um, Yorkshire of course uh, that they are the cults. So what? What we got? Uh, well, Texans... I, I can tell you about that box. Go on. Yeah, yeah. Go for it. Well, wait, wait, just to fill you in, it's it's the box and it's Leeds. Gaz still hasn't bought his tickets. I don't think. <laughs> no, I haven't. <laughs> but uh, but we, were, we announced that in previous one, in previous uh, previous ones. And also, I mean, do we just do we touch on your your neck of the woods? Is there anything going on in uh, the northwest, Foz, aka Warrington? There is, there is indeed a meet in Warrington. Uh, the idea of that is because I've already said it's bang in the middle of Manchester and Liverpool, so hopefully I don't have to go anywhere and they will come to me. Mm. So well, build, but, build it and they build it and they they will come. That's what they say for. So so that's that sounds like so we're doing pretty move. well then. We've got uh, we've got one pretty much every week on the on the run up to the London game other than the Steelers game which as you say makes sense because um, yeah. we've all got our keepers um, keepers penny saved to um, buy beers the, the following weekend yeah. in London so let's 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 get back on to um, the Wire Raven I guess which is uh, the, the main reason you're here um, mm-hmm. so what 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 led you to be a Baltimore Ravens fan then why what got you into the NFL and more specifically the Baltimore Ravens um, okay, it's um, yeah, probably one of the least. You've got, you've got thirty-seven minutes, stories. by the way. Oh, oh right, <laughs> excellent. Right, okay. I, I could probably try and tell that if you want. Um, basically, uh, cutting a long story short for thirty-seven minutes. Um, my father-in-law found himself between houses, and he's a big Falcons fan. Has been for for. For decades, um, and quite big into sport. Warrington's a rugby league town. Um, it involves really large men hitting each other as hard as they can. So I'm used to that kind of thing. I quite enjoy and then, it. And then the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's just in the crowds. Yeah. So, yeah, it's 
it's a very similar kind of game, obviously, isn't it? it it's, I, I tend to think of American football as a little bit more like chess, which, you know, because it's very intricate and there's lots of things going on and you have to think of all of these different moves. Rugby league is very big and often not the brightest men just running into each other as hard as they can. But that's also fun. Um, he... So he was here, he was watching a lot of sport as we do, kept on putting the American football on, I was keeping an eye on it, um, and then, I, I don't know, I just started finding myself getting a little bit more invested in the games, asking a few questions, and then I saw, I saw Tory Smith um, uh, playing for the Ravens, obviously, and he was like just belting it down the touchline and I was like this guy's awesome who's he? he he had like all these dreadlocks flowing out of the back of his helmet he looked like Predator I was just like this guy's the coolest guy on earth um, so I, I kind of just kept an eye on what was going on there um, and then during the, the, the pre-season I was umming and ahhing because Baltimore did really well and they got to the playoffs there so I got to see them quite a few times so I became more and more invested during the summer I was umming and ahhing between the Chargers and the uh, the Ravens obviously uh, the Chargers have got very similar colours to Warrington and obviously not knowing the sport in any way and just liking the physicality of it I, the, I, I'm not like many people with any links to America there's no family, there's no history there so I was basic, basing it purely on what my eyes were seeing um, I liked I liked the bolt I, I was like yeah that that would look quite cool in New Jersey and they've got wearing some colours so I was on an R in and then weirdly enough I found that I downloaded the Ravens app and was just kind of looking at what was going on and then after a little while uh, I, I thought to myself I guess I'm a fan because okay. I, I just started naturally just evolving and, and following and seeing what was going on in the preseason and seeing the new players that were coming in. I mean, at this time, obviously, uh, it was it was a time when already sort of forums and, and social media and, and you know fan groups were were active. Was mm -hmm. this a decision that you took independently, or was there kind of uh, some some you know, other fans that were looking for teams as well, or were trying to sway you one way or another, or kind of encouraging you to sort of support the purple and black, or was it kind of something that you just thought, <laughs> now nah, this is uh, this is the team it, for me? It was perfectly perfectly natural. I all I knew at the time is that I didn't want to support the Falcons because. I, I want to give my father-in-law help sometimes, do you know? Yeah, it's, that's just that banter. Yeah, I... I don't, um, we, talk, we talked about this so on the podcast. I, we talked about this on the podcast the other week, didn't we, where we said, like, as a as a father with a daughter, you sort of... The daughter seems to want to, like, follow in the father's footsteps and will always support the team. And for some reason, as lads, we're all just like, oh, my dad likes the father... I'm, I'm like... 
You just instantly go against your dad, don't you? It must just must yeah. just be a bit of a bit of a bit of a lad thing. But my daughter said to me the other day. But my daughter, my daughter said the other day, yeah, would you like me to marry a footballer? And I said, okay, because they're probably going to earn a lot of money, especially if they go to Saudi. <laughs> uh, so that's fine. Um, but then she goes, yeah, but what if I married a stealer? And I was like, get out. I mean, she's eight. And out. She knows how to push my buttons. <laughs> anyway, but uh, so, well, so so you so you so you chose the route of the correct path, obviously, uh, and you're obviously mm-hmm. if you have that kind of uh, competitiveness with your, you know, with, with, with your. Sorry, was it your father-in-law again? It was, it was, it was, it, yeah, it was a father-in-law that was saying, okay. yeah. Uh, then you, you should count yourself lucky that he chose the, the Falcons as well. Mm, uh, you know, indeed, you, yeah. you, you avoided a minefield there. Um, yeah. so, so, since, so since then, um, did you find that it kind of just ramped up to a general obsession? Well, I think it's... I started to enjoy it and I started to like it. I started to get invested. And then I saw the Tory Smith game with his brother, uh, uh, where his brother unfortunately, you know, tragically died. And he he came back. He, he came and played despite it being the same day. And he just absolutely set the place on fire. It was incredible. And that was the moment that I went from I quite like these to. Like, I'm in love with this team. This is incredible. Mm. Like, I'm a sucker for a story. Um, and it was just like so emotional and the whole the, the whole thing. Um, and it's quite lucky because that was the um, Super Bowl year. So I, I picked the right time to get involved. And my father-in-law was gutted that he's been a Falcons fan for decades and not seen. Super Bowl win, and I come along and get one in my first year. So, <laughs> and so, have you seen the team play live? Were you at the uh, the game we don't talk about, or have you been to see them on, in the US at any point? I, I I was in the vicinity in the area. I um, the the game that didn't happen. Um, I, I was in a stadium, but. Um, the, my, my memories of what, why I was even there are quite vague. I do know I had a ridiculous amount of face paint on and a silly bird hat that my missus made for me. Um, wow. Yeah, yes. Yeah. I went all in. It was great, actually. I guess again, that Americans coming up to me was like, oh, that's so cool. That's a terrible accent. Caught that. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and, you, and you said to them, "Why are you doing that accent?" <laughs> a bit weird to wear a bird's hat to see the Jaguars play. Nobody though. You thought, you thought like you wore some sort of like Jaguar cap or something. Yeah, um, yeah, it was, it was fun. I, I've, I've always wondered, like, because there were so many people that were just coming over and taking pictures. Um, but I've never seen one in the wild, and I just, you know, I, I can't help but wonder, like. Who, who those people were? Because it was just always just so impassing, and I think it was just like, hey, look at this ridiculous guy who's already had far too much to drink, and the game's not started. Pause. Are you gonna are you gonna be bringing um, are you gonna be bringing that hat back out for um, October fifteenth? I um, I mean I, I'm asking this as if I don't know, um, but <laughs> I, 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 go, I uh, plan on coming to to see the Ravens in London this year, and are we? Are we seeing the bird hat come back out? 
Uh, I will be going. You won't be seeing the bird heart because it was awful to wear. So it was made out of like a proper hard hat from Screwfix Direct, and then we attached our wire to it, paper mache, or all this stuff. It like genuinely hurt to wear after a very short amount of time <laughs> so no <laughs> what are we doing now switching gear a little bit who's your, no it's alright who's your um, who's your favourite current raven current raven so I, like, I, I want to say Marlon Humphrey but somebody needs to take his phone off him or at least his access to the internet it's like he's a, a great guy and he makes me laugh but at the same time he makes me groan an awful lot so but without I think access I w- to the internet if he hasn't got access to the internet there's no way for him to learn things like the Titanic was a real event that a movie <laughs> yes, is based on exactly exactly and what what was it these takes on mac and cheese and it's the the food such. takes are the worst takes <laughs> but I think yeah. he just does it I think he's smarter than, than we give him credit for he knows what he's doing he's pushing buttons oh, yeah. Yeah, no one can have that bad a taste in food no um, I would go with I would go with Mark Andrews he's like diabetic <laughs> Do you know, it's, that would be one of the reasons, like, the, the, you know, the story behind it, he's, he could potentially be, he's he, just somebody to look up to and an inspiration because he's, you know, potentially an ill guy, you know, or uh, whatever the best way of saying that would be. Um... Far so from stereotyping you here, but you look like yeah. someone who might be into um, professional wrestling. What did you think of um, Mark Andrews' suplex today at um, training camp? I assume, oh. I assume you've seen it. Oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> so, it's beautiful. And, and, and I'm not saying I hit the nail on the head there, guys, but. Uh, yeah, yeah, he, he's got that dog in him. Uh, as they say. Um, I, do you know, that would probably be outlawed, actually, in Ugby. It's a dangerous throw, that. Dangerous so, tackle. It's so, cool uh, as well, isn't it, that he, you know, that he can do that, but he can also. I don't know if everyone saw the, the latest episode of Wired where he was out with the. He went to a, a um, to Johns Hopkins in Baltimore and went to see a load of load of kids also with with diabetes yeah. and and was, it was really cool how detailed he was talking to some of them about like the different forms of treatment they're having and like really took a lot of time. I thought it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, he seems like a really genuine guy, uh, peak physical fitness type dude, he, and he just seems like the sort of guy that you could you, you could be mates with and rely on. And I know that sounds like a ridiculous reason for him to be your favourite footballer, but um, he, he he comes across as like a really good guy, really inspirational guy. And do you know what? He's also quite good. He's not bad, is he? So, so no. that's your favourite. That's your favourite. That's your favourite current Raven. Who's your favourite mm. all-time Raven? Tori Smith. He's, he's the reason that I'm a, a fan. So it, it's, it's always him. I've got a signed helmet of his, a big signed poster. It, it always comes back. I, I know 
yes, Ray Lewis is an absolute god. And he, he does all the inspirational speeches, which you can't help but just get pumped for. But I've, I've got to go back to the guy that got me into watching Ravens from the very start, and that would be Tory Smith. And have you got a favourite uh, Ravens memory, favourite game, favourite moment? Well, yeah, so I've, so I've already mentioned the Tory Smith game with his brother, which made me fall in love. So I would next pick Jacoby Jones in the Super Bowl, not the return, but where he catches it, and you think he's fallen over, and he just he's off again and it's like oh, oh no 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 oh my god he's gone <laughs> that's, that's pretty much how I was in the living room yeah. <laughs> this, this, if, if there's any ever a podcast that's been into a video podcast it's this video, video podcast because <laughs> the, the listeners have missed out on Foz's reenactment of Jacoba Jones falling over and getting back up there and, and <laughs> honestly Foz I've now seen I've now seen a few things I've seen the I've seen the really squirrel dance from you I've seen your reenactment of um, Jacoba Jones falling over while receiving a um, a touchdown catch so I, I'm excited for what um, October 15th and um, and what London's going to bring out of um, Foz and his itchy uncomfortable um, bird hat Foz you're, you're, you're really quite um, you're really quite involved in um, the UK Ravens community we've, we've talked about obviously you you look after our Instagram page you've mm-hmm. um, been, been a, a huge component in getting more meetups together this year than we've ever had before and um, we're all we wish the absolute best of success with it and anyone who's sort of put the hand up in those groups to say look I'll, I'll try and arrange a meet up we um, we appreciate you I'm going to try and get to as many of them as I can to try and support them it, it, it's it's a really exciting year to be involved with the UK Ravens community um, what, uh, there's, a, there's a few arms to it there's the social media there's the whatsapp group there's a meet up just um, what would you say is your, your favourite thing ab- about the UK Ravens community and I'd say there's probably not many people who listen to this podcast who, who listen to this podcast who aren't already heavily involved with the UK Ravens community. But mm. let's just sort of reminisce here on 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 why it's so special to be part of this this tight knit community. Um, so for me, um, COVID uh, was it was COVID, COVID, <laughs> COVID, COVID. <laughs> your favourite thing about the UK Ravens community. <laughs> I'm gonna get there, and you're gonna feel <laughs> bad now. <laughs> so, um, like, COVID for me personally was awful. I hated it. Obviously, nobody enjoyed it. Nobody had a great time. But I, it affected me quite a lot. I've got a vulnerable daughter that I was really, really worried about, and obviously, every, every second of every day, you see news like this person's vulnerable, that person's vulnerable, so we were just hiding that house, utterly terrified, it's like, just have you got a beep button? yeah, go for it fire away, mate (laughs) just shit, you know Um, and the Q&As and the Zoom meets and all of that was an escape and it was a welcome escape and it really really helped like sort of 
leveled me out. It helped have communication with the outside world when there was none, because she wasn't allowed out of the house. And when you was allowed out of the house, I then, because I didn't know what was going to happen family-wise and things. So having those Zoom meets and the Q&As and all of that kind of thing gave you that 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 community and that contact with other people. And when it come out of that, I've, I felt um, almost like I owed something back in a way um, because it really, really did like make a massive difference to mental well-being and all that kind of thing during that particular point in time. Uh, so I thought if there was any way that I could help repay that, pay back the favour, help build a community for, you know, because... I know there's a lot of fans out of there that don't have friends that support it. There's, I don't know many people that are involved in American football. I spend more time talking to you guys in the WhatsApp groups than I talk to anybody else because the Ravens are amazing and if you don't like NFL they're like oh, oh I can't really be bothered getting into a game that lasts three and a half hours and it's all adverts and it's stop start and it's blah 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 so and especially in somewhere like Warrington where everyone's like oh it's just rugby with Paddy and, <laughs> and that is the reaction that you get from a lot of locals so it can, it can be really difficult to, to build that community so when it was there Again, at that particular point in time, it was massive. So, um, yeah, I've just basically, since then, done everything I possibly can to reach out to as many people as possible and try and bring them in. And, yeah, that's it. If I was listening, listening, that's genuinely a super nice story. Um, And I'm sure you've... um, Sort of touched on the feelings of a few other people in that group. We've, 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 we've got a lot bigger. Um, we talk a lot about the, um, especially the, with what we're doing at the moment with the range of the events. We talk everything. We're constantly relating back to 2017, and we're sort of constantly pushing back at each other, saying, "Well, this is, we're not in 2017 anymore. The group's bigger than it was before. Like mm-hmm. when we're looking at venues and everything, everything's got to be bigger." And we've sort of put down to the Lamar Jackson effect to uh, the Ravens success over the last few years obviously 2017 was after three four years of well, just pain um, yeah. for, for Ravens fans so it was a low time and, and honestly until you told that story I, I never thought about looking at how his numbers were affected by Covid and sort of that um, people reaching out for um, community and um, sort of discussion with with people outside their own home. So I, th- I think you touched on um, a, a really nice point there, Foz. Uh, just before I let you get off, um, wh- where can where can people follow along? Obviously, you can follow at underscore UK Ravens um, for the Ravens based stuff. Um, you're in all the WhatsApp groups. Um, anywhere anywhere else, we, you're putting out stuff that. Um, not only fans, no, no only fans um, plugs on here, please. Um, but are you on? Are you on? X, uh, can we follow you on X? Do you have a um, a personal profile on, on Instagram I, that we can follow? Um, well, I've got. It's been so long since I've used my personal Instagram. There's there's no point in mentioning it really. 
Um, I, it, I think I'm one of those guys, certainly currently, I get where water can, and there's not many people who will be listening to this podcast that are already sick of the sight of my name popping up. Uh, there, was a guy, there was a guy in the um, Northern Ireland group, um, and he jumped in, he was like, what are you doing in here? <laughs> so, so uh, okay with, well with that in mind Foz we've run out of time so um, yep. if we could like get, if we could usher you off the podcast as quick as yeah, right. possible that'd be... I'm sure you will see me again I'm sure we will see you again <laughs> hey listen Foz um, thanks for your time this evening we do appreciate it thanks for um, everything you do with the um, Instagram page and like I say I mean, we've uh, we're sort of touching it but your, your involvement in the meets has been um, incredible and I wish you um, all the success for this year and this meet, the meets and um, if not before we'll we'll see you for a pint in London on um, October 15th so um, have a good night mate thanks for, thanks for joining sure. us and, uh, and we appreciate you thanks cool. Thank thanks you. Cheers, cheers mate cheers, Thank you. cheers guys and there goes Darren with his YA Raven Okay, let's talk about the big news then, guys. Um, we've, we've put the big news to the back of the podcast because we are terrible at doing this. Um, the Ravens... Ext- no, I mentioned it on the top. I mentioned it on the A block. We're fine. Bit of bit of um, honour producing by me there. Um, the Ravens extend their preseason winning streak now to 24 games. Um beating out the NFC champ I've seen a lot of people mark it as the Ravens beat out the NFC champion Eagles um, in preseason week one to extend their streak which makes it all the more impressive um, Ben you watched your um, preseason week one game on zone. how was that? zone doesn't daisine I'm feeling dazed having watched it on this app so yeah it was painful I don't know how other people found the experience. Uh, I know that James has certainly nerd corner with James. He'll have some uh, 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 specific complaints about it. But um, yeah, for me, it was just well. F- fundamentally, it didn't do its job in delivering the actual full game replay. It cut out after about forty minutes, forty-five minutes, of me watching it as I was cooking some eggs, and suddenly uh, the screen went blank. Uh, I got a error message telling me to close down the app and restart it and it still didn't work. I never got it to work but get on the phone. Um got it on the fire stick, managed to get it going on the fire stick but um yeah i mean little things irk me about it the uh, 30 second fast forward or go back is annoying because <laughs> you have to go back you know if you, if you want to go back and just watch the last play that happened five seconds ago oh i just want to see that tackle or that block again you've got to wait 25 seconds to see the block or tackle again um going forward 30 seconds again if you have a quick snap uh, in a hurry up offense then you can't really do that so it's more difficult to speed through if you if like me you choose to sleep through our night games wake up at 6am and uh, watch them before work so that was annoying uh, apparently if you do too many skips as per Shane uh, the whole thing just shuts down because it can't handle uh, skipping forward loads and loads and um, yeah so uh, it's 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 not a great start um, and also not a flying start they, they, as, they charge as, loads of people didn't they as well uh, yeah, I mean, as many people have said also they don't have the US ads anymore which you don't realise you know what you've got until it's gone and you know Shane <laughs> I think one of one of Shane's and Ian's greatest joys during Twitter commentary was talking about you know dying from uh, you know a seven hour erection and stuff like that uh, well, as, per, as, as per the farm source so, it's so tracing to, how far you get into the game before you get the first ad that mentions a drug with a side effect of death death and they all do they all <laughs> kill you that's the thing 
saying is like at a certain point they will go what and, and so, is that a side effect really yeah, it's I know, like, oh, I know but they have well, to say fine. it legally I mean, yeah. The problem has gone away, to be fair. Yeah, so in, you in replaced case, it least, with a much more significant one. At least the old woman by the lake is happy in, in the in the yeah. shot, so, uh, as her husband dies next to her. But uh, so so yeah, that, so we're going to miss we're going to erection. If, if if that doesn't come in for regular season, I know a lot of people, and that, this is a very minor quibble, uh, will be unhappy with that. Um, do we know? Then, do we know that's what's happening, or because I thought that during preseason all the ads are local ads. It so did Game Pass used to get but, them? Yeah, I used to. I used to, used to get local Baltimore ads. It used to be right, okay. for um, the um, yeah, Coons Ford in, in Timonium and stuff like that, which made me you know miss being there. Um, but uh, yeah, and also just to go back to the, uh, the the broader complaint of the NFL UK community, which does have a slight tradition of being a little hysterical at new things or things not being announced quickly and things like that. Um, they did. Um, uh, the, the, the biggest issue was that they took a load of money from people without telling them, which is, was always quite annoying for anyone, really. And um, yeah, they apparently switched over a lot of people that had instalment plans, and they just went, "No, actually, we're going to take all your money." Um, and then um, uh, when people complained, uh, it took them hours to get through to people in customer service wherever they were situated. Um, it seems now that they've done a, a not a U-turn, but they've sent an email out to people saying, "Look, it appears that we've made a mistake. Um, you can pay by installments, or if you pay in full, uh, we'll give you a month free of all of the um, dozen stuff, or um, or you can have a or you can have a refund." <laughs> <sort of thing. laughs> <laughs> Dazone. Is that what it means? Is that, is that what it Dazone. means? Dazone. Is, is it like what the kids say? Is that what it Dazone. means? They, they apparently call themselves Dazone, which is. Dazone. I mean, it just sounds like a really crappy gambling club run by the mob, doesn't it? It's like. <laughs> Is it, uh, which they... is, I mean, I'm not implying that that's what they're doing at all. By the way, <laughs> can, can we get your name? Can we get your namesake, Shane Ritchie, to go house to house and do the Dazone <laughs> challenge? <laughs> Maybe we could. <laughs> the one month, the one month of subscription as well. Don't they just only have people? Don't they have just women off OnlyFans fighting in cages? Isn't that the, the I only? I think they have Saudi Saudi soccer. Where do I go to sign up? Where do I go to sign up? Is it is it dazone dot com? We got an uptick in uh, Ravens fans this week. Subscribe. Um, <laughs> they have they have Saudi go. soccer, and they have some other random bits and pieces. It's I mean it's not it's not an amazing schedule of stuff, frankly. But the the funny thing is like this is completely random aside but um the company that owns it is owned by a guy called lem blavatnik who is a british american businessman um but he's not british or american he's actually born in the ukraine uh and he made his money at the same time as roman abramovich made his money essentially buying up cheap assets of the russian state which then turned out to be enormously valuable when you sold them on to other people uh, in his case it was metals I think um, and so he's an oligarch basically and he's reputation laundering like a lot of oligarchs are by getting himself British and American citizenship and getting this assortment of companies they have like media they still do the metals business it's like a weird combination of stuff that they do um, but it's kind of an interesting pointer as to where the money is in sport and in international sport in particular that it's it's shifting to the Gulf it's shifted to to the Russian oligarchs, obviously, and it, and it's shifting to to China, and it's kind of interesting because these are not normally the sort of businesses that the NFL has been involved with. The NFL has been very traditional 
American business by and large. I think Shad Khan is the only non-American owner of an NFL team. I think I'm right in saying that. Um, so I thought that was kind of interesting. Nobody else thinks it's interesting, but there you no, go. It's That's quite, it's quite interesting, especially when you've got like Amazon knocking at your door. I, if, I, if I'm looking at my list of contacts and I want someone to put together an online streaming service for me, I mean, it's, it begins with A. It's right at the top there. Just just, just give Amazon a... They, they feel like the sort of people to host this and instead we've gone to Dazona, who've never... Have Dazona ever been in the UK before? I think this is like the... I think they are for, for, for whatever the fighting is, yeah, MMA right, yeah. or or like like soft form fighting, whatever it is. <laughs> I think I think that is that is available to a UK audience. But I think going back um, a couple of steps to shady people making money, but also making lots and lots of money in oligarchs. That's the core of what we're talking about here, Shane. And maybe this will get us a visit. Lem Blavatnik is a very nice man who's not done okay. anything illegal. Well, not, <laughs> not, not, not just him, no, but, but, but money. But people people will follow the money now more than ever. And, yeah. and you'll see that you're talking about Russia and China, but obviously with golf and with football over here, it's now centred in Saudi and in the Middle East. And I'm sure the NFL um, see how much money everyone's making there and they also probably want to penetrate the Middle East market um, and so I could see them uh, some more money uh, ending up over. oh I'm not going to go too much into it but uh, I certainly see them being more international with their uh, partners it's, it's certainly possible and I think the fact that Saudi football is on the zone as well is you know another indication of, mm-hmm. of of where the money is is coming from because I mean does anybody I know Ronaldo's gone there but does anybody actually want to watch Saudi football internationally well, is there a lot any? of players I mean I heard that Mo Salah's now put in sorry this is completely off off Raven's topic <laughs> Mo Salah's put in a, a, a request he's got his agent working on a move this summer to go and play for wow. Al-Hilal which I mean 25 years ago Al-Hilal was one of the best late night curry houses in Russia but apparently it's now it's a really good Saudi team so before we get we should get off this topic because we've gone completely off the rails but let me just let me tell you what is on design because i just opened it up so that you can see so they have um design and misfits boxing i have no idea what that is premium boxing the professional fighters league the indian premier league the uefa women's champions league impact wrestling no idea what that is either uh and red bull tv which i think is just like crappy hand-drawn cartoons or is that i mean <laughs> it's, just, it's 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 max verstappen doing uh, like, some talk shows and stuff like that in, in, ah, all, okay, right. in all seriousness here though that that feels like that feels like a lineup that should have the xfl they've got they've, they've sort of got like the b product for for everything there haven't they? They, they don't have the ufc they don't have um, the premier league they don't even they don't have any of these sort of A brands and then yeah. you've just got the NFL is it, is it ever thrown all their eggs in this basket hoping that the Premier League and I know Serie A follow and well, well, it's a good point I, actually it's not great branding for the NFL is it it's no. not and you would hope that they would do a good good job of it because this is a great access for them to a to a bit of a captive market that they can uh, but taking us back to to, to football and, and to zone uh <laughs> the thing that's most disgusted me quite which i'm sure everyone would probably know is that there will be no coaches film apparently on the zone which is an absolute disgrace i know i'm one of like 23 people that that, that accessed it on game pass 
but I'm very disappointed that I'm getting an inferior product. And my takes on this podcast will be all the inferior for for it being missing, uh, which so, is So what, what was annoying. your plan here? Have the NFL come out with anything of making coaches' film accessible, or is that just is that is that gone now? I'll have to use my sources with a Z oh. and get access to it's. To it's film. quite weird, isn't it? Because like as James, as you suggest, like probably the reason they would say they got rid of it is well nobody was really watching it but at the same time if nobody was really watching it it's like you have the film anyway why not just upload it it's no more overhead because no if nobody's really streaming it it's not like it's taking up any extra server pressure or anything i think, I think it's no, as, as we know the 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 cat deal with skipping forwards and backwards which is something yeah, people true. do quite a lot in in coaches films that so. is true. i have West. just seen there's a a clip of Impact Wrestling here, where one man is attacking another man with a cheese grater. I'm not even. I'm not making that up. Uh, and anyway, that concludes our review of the Week One preseason game against the the, the Eagles. Let's move on to Week Two. Um, now, in all seriousness, let's talk about the um, Week One preseason game against the NFC champion Eagles as the Ravens move on to a 24 game winning streak. Um, James, we saw a handful of starters. We spoke on the podcast last week about who we were going to see if, if any starters. Um, a couple went out there, including Zay Flowers who we've already talked about quite a bit on this podcast. Yeah, Zay Flowers was um, thought, it just sort of showed like a, a couple of little glimpses of um, of why he's, you know, he's 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 going to be a really, really, I think a really good receiver for the Ravens. I think he's going to be a bit of a weapon. Um, I think we talked a bit about his uh, toughness last week, Gaz, where he maybe questioned his toughness a little bit. Yep. And uh, you saw him uh, in the red zone. They had him block a guy inside uh, that basically <laughs> sprang a run, uh, which is which I love to see. And you saw him do that at Boston College. The kid's a, a real competitor. Um, I loved the way... Um, I think it was really interesting to see Todd Monken's offense um, and the way he was using Zay Flowers. Like, this is going to be a very different offense to what we saw... Um, from Greg Roman, as we all sort of know, but, you know, just lots more um, dom- sort of heavy wide receiver packages um, in in uh, in Todd Monken's offense. Uh, and they used Zay Flowers as a, a real gadget guy, sort of used him in motion a lot. And uh, it really caused some issues for the defense, actually, because you can... The, the one thing that hopefully people saw in preseason, which is the thing you'll see if you watch that's all over his college film, is uh, just his explosion. Yeah, you know, he's he's one of the most explosive receivers um, I've ever evaluated coming out of college, and you know, I think the most explosive guy I've ever watched was Jalen Waddle, and he's not. I don't think he's far off that, if not on the same level in terms of his explosive ability. Um, and you can even just see it off the line of scrimmage um, with the way he comes off the line. So, uh, you know, really, I thought he was, I thought he was really great. And I think you could see plastered all over the film, Philadelphia, just basically holding him to be able to get him to keep him under control. Um, and so, I, you know, it was just a really nice opening performance. I don't think anyone should get carried away about preseason, but for me, the film just confirms what I knew of him, um, from college, uh, and why I'm excited about him. There were a number of other guys that I thought had some had some good games, which we can which we can touch on, not in as much detail as 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 Zay Flowers. I thought Ardarius Washington um, had a really solid game, um, especially when he was when he was inside um, playing as the nickel. Um, I think he's got a really good chance to to make the roster and probably play um, a lot of a lot more snaps this year. So I really liked that. Um, I also thought. Um, Travis Jones was was really good. 
Um, so it was, you know, basically I kind of started to sort of zone in on him a little bit on defense and watch him um, because he was just throwing guys out of the club. It was it was pretty pretty ridiculous to see. He obviously is a, a ridiculously strong guy, but he's also learning to play with, with, with a lot more leverage. He's learning to play the Raven way against the run, um, staying really disciplined. But this Ravens defense is a bit different to, to previous versions of the Ravens defense. And you can see him... Um, getting upfield and penetrating, getting into the backfield on both against runs and, and against the pass. Um, so that's really a really good development if he is going to turn into um, a, a really reasonably disruptive interior presence to go along with Broderick Washington and just a Matabike. And that sort of takes the pressure a little bit off the edge group with the one big caveat that he did do this a little bit last year in the preseason and then sort of went away in the regular season. Um, so obviously the key will be him doing it against uh, better competition in the regular season. But it's good to see him sort of come back and in the first game in preseason sort of get back to, to what we would hope to see in a second year from him. Cool. Um, moving on to the quarterbacks then, Ben. Um Interesting one. Huntley Huntley came out in the um, second half, but actually came out and and shone um, to Pro Bowl quarterback um, Tyler Huntley. Sorry, I should mention um, came out in the second half and 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 shone really for the night, didn't he? It's, looks like he's has he secured that um, backup quarterback job, or is there still a bit of a fight there? I think so. Um, I, I didn't really feel going into the off season that there would be that much competition between just providing he was a healthy Tyler Huntley because he does have far more experience stepping in for Lamar he does play a far more similar game to Lamar he's more mobile he's younger than Josh Johnson um so you know while it's nice to see what a pocket passer can do and certainly in you know the the new offense with more weapons to throw to it was sort of interesting to see how that panned out but um yeah he firstly Tyler Huntley's always been really good in the preseason no offense to Tyler Huntley but uh you know it, it he's and he's he's also proven himself to be adequate in as a yeah, no backup no team's going to have a backup that's necessarily going to step in and not be two steps down on the stars and never mind if the start is Lamar Jackson um, but I thought that uh, Huntley looked uh, sharp he looked fresh he looked hungry um, and yeah he, he looked the better of the two quarterbacks so yeah I think it's it's his job to lose at this point um, and uh, I wouldn't be uncomfortable having him um, you know as, as the number two again it's just a question of whether they decide to you know, stick with just two QBs or or indeed, yeah, bring in or keep a third hanging around. Um, have, but um, have, I, have I missed some? Have I missed something here? It, I didn't realise there, there was a battle for the backup quarterback spot. Like, why? Why is why is Josh Johnson getting the start there over Tyler Huntley? If I just have I have I missed something? Hubble said in the off season that this, as far as he's concerned, it's it's open. And I wonder whether some of this is just putting Tyler Huntley a little bit in the doghouse for the fumble in the playoff game. I don't know whether I'm. Um, assuming too much of, of of Harbaugh's hatred of fumbles there, but but Harbaugh went out of his way to say that there was that it's a competition. The other way of looking at it is that Tyler Huntley's quite expensive for a backup going into this season. So if they can make Josh Johnson work, they could maybe save some money. But um, yeah, I mean, I agree with Ben. It seems seems kind of odd that uh, you'd think Josh Johnson would be ahead of Huntley. The Harbaugh I mean, doghouse, uh, also known as the Bermuda Triangle. I mean, he's, he's gone, isn't he? If he's if he's in there, 
I mean, we, we were having these conversations this time last year where we were talking about is, is Tyler Huntley a, a, a trade candidate? Is Could that have... I mean, is anyone out there that would even consider trading for Tyler Huntley at this moment? But could that have anything to do with it? Where they're I, saying, I think, well, I think a year ago they might have done um, where, where there wasn't enough... Uh, it, it, there was enough of, to take a flyer on, on, on what he'd shown because he had shown, as he'd stepped in for Lamar, flashes of being really good. But I think the, the culmination of last season, and really not being able to, well, win, would, um, <laughs> was, was was blighted his copybook a bit. So I, I really think he's kind of a he's dead, dead set as a uh, a, quarter, a quarterback backup that's not really going to attract any value whatsoever from teams. Um, a, another guy who stood out, Shane, is um, rookie running back um, Keaton Mitchell. Um, impressed with his speed. Sorry, Ben. Are you well, a, I was just going to say, Keaton Mitchell. Uh, did you know that he's Rod? Uh, he's Anthony Mitchell's son because Rod Woodson didn't. Because I'm glad he checked his <laughs> notes before he started commentating. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, Anthony Mitchell, most famous for his 90-yard um, return of a blocked field goal in uh, in the playoff game against the Titans in the 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 Ravens' first Super Bowl season. So he was his, so Anthony Mitchell was an undrafted free agent picked up by the Ravens in 1999, and Keaton Mitchell also undrafted free agent picked up by the Ravens. Um, yeah, it's his speed that's impressed people more than anything else because he had six carries for 11 yards, which doesn't look stellar. Um, he did have a good touchdown run brought back for a holding penalty, and it was one of those holding penalties where he probably would have scored anyway it wasn't like he wasn't going to score without it and he did you know he did a good job on the run so he looked very impressive um but you've got to bear in mind that the the type of the point in the game when he got most of his carries he was playing for like backups of backups so i think the question is whether whether there's any room at running back to kind of stash him away i think there's a few people you know the 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 pundits who are constantly updating their the charts of of the rosters uh, have him making the roster ahead of Melvin Gordon now but um, I don't know, I mean if John Harbour doesn't like people who fumble he's going to love Melvin Gordon um, but uh, but yeah, I mean I think it's one of those like pre-season games where you think, I don't know if that's going to help, it might help him get on a practice squad somewhere but I don't know if he's really got a chance on the Ravens I'd, I'd be really surprised Shane if he did I think I, think I agree with you, I think there's like this preseason game for me showed you sort of, I know there's been a lot of hype around Keaton Mitchell. And I've tried, I've, I've sort of, uh, when a few people have mentioned some things in chats, I've kind of doused, doused water on the flames a little bit. I, I, I think this, this game showed the, the main concern with him, which is, um, between the tackles and, and his vision. Um, like it just, it, it's just not there. It's not at the level at the point, at this point of a useful NFL starter. Um, he, he, he is a scat back right now. That is all, that is what he is. And at the moment, I, I can't see like Justice Hill started this game and looked pretty good and is an invaluable special teamer. So there's no way that he doesn't make the roster. You, you bring Gus Edwards, you bring Dobbins, you're trying to find a way to get Pat Ricard on the roster and you've got Melvin Gordon who you've signed to do, to do that job as the kind of insurance back. I, I can't, I can't see a way he makes the roster. Um, and, and to be frank, I was probably more excited about some of the, um, previous years uh backs guys like tyler Beatty, um rather than 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 keen and, and uh, tyson williams uh of of two years ago fame so yeah i'd be surprised if he made the roster 
just, just throwing one in here. I can't. I mean, I can't believe it's not on the show sheet. Um, ben, I'm, I'm going to come to to you on this one. I'm, I'm sure you can you can guess what the the missing item from the show sheet is. Um, me and you were to, together on that faithful day um, mm. against the Detroit Lions a couple of years ago, arm in arm, um, as as Justin Tucker kicks it through from sixty six to give the Ravens. Um, the win. How, how did how did you feel watching that sixty yarder go through preseason week one? It looked good from what sixty eight. Yeah, it just I think looked... it, it was so long, wasn't it? And it was you know this is not you know this is not in a dome either. This I, mean, I know it was a sort of calm evening, but uh, he just it, it, it's the ease of which he strikes it as well is is like um, a pro golfer that is sort of, sort of slight in build and you can't figure out how they can hit it 350 yards down the fairway and it's because it's all in the rhythm and the timing and he's like a golfer in, in, the, in his execution and setup he's such a pro um, but not just I mean I'm really getting quite um, gushy here but but, <laughs> but when he um, and then you know but he does make it look effortless and, and just his cool reaction afterwards of just saying eh you know what, what do you expect it's me I'm just it's, it's, it's Tucker I've got this um, it does it, it, yeah, I felt misty eyed really because it just it, it reminds you in an off season you sometimes forget how good he is and you forget how comforting it is to have that uh, sort of safety valve um, that if you get inside the other team's half you've got a really good shot of actually getting points um, and you're right he just he nailed it you look at under the posts and it was definitely going to clear another I'd say it would at least clear another 60 yards it could have been another 66 or even a 67 yard of there because it, it was no problem I don't add them to the show sheet now if they're um, if they're 60 yards or under it's only, <laughs> it's, only, it's only worth flagging a Justin Tucker field goal if it's over 60 because otherwise it's just routine isn't it so yeah of course he's going to get it um, no, that was impressive, and he did. You know, he did make it look incredibly casual, which is the the really amazing thing about him. I was thinking this when there was like a brief um, social media, all the fuss about the NFL 100, and you know, our, this player is not ranked high enough. Why is that player ranked so high, and all of that? And obviously, it's not the whole list is nonsense, and so but rightfully we completely ignored the whole thing. But um, I was thinking, there's like a couple of ways of looking at it. Like you can do who's the best player in the NFL is kind of if you sent every every player to free agency and every team had to draft their squad from scratch what would the picking order be and if you were doing that like Lamar Jackson is in the the top five the top 10 certainly not 70 odd isn't he because everyone's drafting quarterbacks up at the top or you could go no no it's not about that it's like it's about who's the best at their position so you know you might be Aaron Donald is better at his position than Lamar Jackson is at his so Aaron Donald has to go higher and I was thinking well if it's that Justin Tucker is better at his position than anyone in history so he's the best player in the NFL Right, there's no other way. There's no other way of looking at it. And the only reason he doesn't get picked as the best player in the NFL is because you can't put a kicker at the Mm -hmm. top of. They would just look absurd. But he is. Is there a is there a better player in the NFL on that standard? Like at being better. Who who else in the NFL is better at their job than anyone in history? He's always probably he's probably got also got within the position. He's probably got the largest gap. To the guy below him as well. Like you look at, um, you look at the quarterbacks. There's a, a few that you all always bunch together at the top. Mahomes, um, Josh Allen gets thrown in there for no real reason. Joe Burrow for at this point no real reason. Um, they, they all just get thrown together and they are interchangeable in different people's lists. If anytime anyone puts together a list of kickers, it's either Justin Tucker one or it's wrong. 
<laughs> like, oh, they just—it's just, they're just writing it for. Yeah. I mean, how many how many new kings of the AFC North kicking game does Justin Tucker see off in the last? I don't know. Even in the next last four years, every time another team drafts him, like, oh, there's a there's a new king in the AFC kicking game. I think the Falcons once put a, put up a post. Um, a couple of years back naming Young Ho Koo the best kicker in the NFL and all the comments were like did Justin Tucker die? Like <laughs> have, we, have we missed something? It's, it's just it's just as you say he's, he's unannounced and the, the gap to the, the next guy is just it's so seismic and it's not just in um, what he does in 60 yard or 66 yard is great it, it, it's the moment is the 66 yarder was to, was to win a football game that's not a that's not a nothing kick in the middle of a regulation game that's to go out there y- your team have done what they can to get you in a position go win the game Justin and he just it, it's just ice cold in his veins and so you had to hit a 60 yarder and have that and you see like the coaching staff all look at each other and it's more like the the players and the new coaches you see them sort of look at each other and been like that was 60 yards and even like Har- he's just Harbaugh like... gave a wow didn't he at that one <laughs> yeah it, like, it, also, oh. it also led to another great Rod Woodson commentary moment with our friend Jerry Sandusky who kind of said hey they might have to change the uh, the rules about uh, Hall of Fame entry and let players who are still playing play and Rod Woodson goes no they can't do that <laughs> <laughs> well you know just just joking <laughs> <They're wrong. laughs> oh, right James let's get off this game any other business um any defen- defensive struggles a little bit any any players that um you looked concerned with how do we how do we feel on on Ben Cleveland going in coming out of that um week one game yeah I didn't get a chance to watch too much of Cleveland I focused a bit more on um Salah because it seems to be that he's going to win the win the job at the moment they're um, taking so the coach's I, tape away guys did they not <laughs> yeah, not I, I can't watch I can't watch Cleveland back I'm gonna have to no I so I watched a bit of Salah during the game and I, I was a bit like basically he's 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 what he is you know he's a late round pick at this point and so there's a lot of developmental things to go on there um I thought it was um an interesting game to sort of see where the Ravens see that he could potentially go. So you sort of saw a bit, I think I saw a bit more potential on the basis of this game than I saw in his Oregon tape. Um, but sometimes I find myself find that find that happening when I watch uh, Ravens players after the fact, uh, after they've been drafted. I feel like I find more of their, uh, their potentially good points uh, after, the, after they've been drafted. So I have to watch for that. But there were definitely some elements where he needs to work on that are going to cause some some issues in in the regular season if he doesn't get it cleaned up um, pretty fast. There was definitely some overextension. He got his nose over his toes quite a lot um, and sort of got put off balance by the um, by the Philadelphia defensive line. And also, I, I, I sort of would want to see a bit more of a consistent anchor from him. He wasn't playing against the the greatest level of competition there and he got walked back into the quarterback a few times um, a few too many times I would say so uh, just a few kind of things there that left guard position it has to be it has to be solid like it can't be or even adequate like it, it can't be a liability if you have one weak link on your offensive line the whole offensive line does not look good um, and so you're only really as good on the offensive line as, you, as your worst starter so you have to have your worst starter be functional uh, and then you can hide him mostly but he's got to be functional so we don't we don't want to get into a regular season situation where the left guard position is a liability because it will get targeted by by defenses um and so that's that was just my 
my my little bit of a concern and i've seen some stuff about ben cleveland online from some people i respect that maybe was a little bit questionable as well but i also seen some seen him some people say he's sort of taken some strides so maybe i'll watch him a bit more closely in the uh, in the week two game against the buccaneers i think the thing with salo is that um the fact that they've been playing him with the ones shows that clearly they've they've seen something and they're seeing the right kind of stuff uh and that this could have just been he gets thrown in week one it's real for the first time and then you know just kind of nerves basically is that possible from what you saw certainly could be Shane yeah I wouldn't wouldn't surprise me the only thing I'd say is that some of the stuff I saw in this game sort of confirmed some of the the sort of developmental areas that I thought he had coming out and and when I was looking at him coming out of Oregon as a sort of later round pick you, you sort of think that's that's okay like I can live with that and actually I think that's a good pick because I'm not expecting him to start day one and um, you know I'm expecting him to to sit and, and learn for a bit and that's usually what the Ravens do with their interior offensive linemen when they start a guy it's usually because they they see something um but I wonder whether what it made me think was that possibly the the throwing him in throughout throughout camp and through through pre through preseason now it is more out of necessity than out of him being good um or them thinking he's going to be good and maybe they need to get him he's the closest guy to being that adequate fifth starter um and so they need to throw him in and get him reps to get him to where he needs to be um so maybe that's what it's sort of built on and and hopefully they're not sort of flying by the seat of their pants there a little bit was my was my worry a little bit Cool. Okay, let's start looking ahead to preseason week two and take those points, I guess, into week two and and start talking about what we should look for. Ben, first of all, what do you think? Um, big big game here. Um, big game. We've got quarter of a century on the line. Um, twenty five um, undefeated um, preseason games. Uh, it's against the um, Washington the Commanders. No, that's next week. Okay, uh, it's against the Washington Commanders. <laughs> I'm just going on what what, what, what yeah, but, but, on what I wrote down. Which is <laughs> <Yeah>. Ignore that. <laughs> I did. I did have. I did have an, an almost meltdown about ten minutes ago, and I'm looking ahead and thinking, I spent all all podcasts saying that we've practiced against the commanders, so we must be playing them. But it says here we're playing the books, but <laughs> it turns out um, Shane's getting ahead of himself. Shane's Wait, already put can, the twenty fifth win in a row. When me and James both said Tampa Bay Buccaneers, just like in the Simpsons, where he goes, Mister Black. Just do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely not. Okay. Um, so we're going to play the Washington Commanders, who we've been practicing against all week with um yes 25 um undefeated wins on the line what are you expecting to see from Habs and the boys are we expect to see some more starters to make sure we we get this this win total that seems to be coming quite the thing for Harbour now um or we're going on that commander's field is, is it is it James Prochet throwing to James Prochet um with James Prochet at cornerback <laughs> I don't know. You think? I mean, you think it will be mainly just sort of uh, making sure that the, the QBs get their reps in and make sure that you know if there is still some um, uh, competition there, that they'll they'll maybe focus on giving um, some maybe starting Huntley this time and then putting Josh Johnson in the second half or something like that. Um, but we didn't get a, an influx of starters last week, I and mean, we did get a couple more probably than expected. Um, you say we we had Zay have a run out, which. Uh, 
was probably a good idea because you know especially with a rookie who you expect to start it's nice to actually give them some game speed stuff in a fairly vanilla offensive scheme um, I think that um, you know we had obviously um, David Ajabo played as well and Owe got some snaps and stuff like that so it was good to see uh, some of the um, the big defensive boys have a a bit of a run out but I, again as you said last week I mean Harbour's going to be very very uh, resistant about putting anyone in jeopardy at all especially against a team that's cost us our starting running back in the past as well with their field and things like that so I think um, uh, it's uh, it's going to be battle of the backups again uh, on the whole as it probably should be um, I don't know but what your thought is James on on kind of because you know, since we moved from it used to be four pre-season games and it used to always be the case that and, and the starters used to get a hell of a lot more reps in pre-season than they do now um, but it used to be you know game one they'd, they'd barely play the first quarter game two they'd play most of the first half game three they'd actually play into the third quarter most most of the game and then they just bring in the backups and then they'd basically just play backups in week four whereas now I mean it seems to be that they kind of build up a little bit and give more starters reps in the third game just because there's a week and a half to go um, and it's to try to get them up to game speed is that kind of the way you see it now as far as the overall mentality of coaches yeah I think so I think it's you know the third game the reason they used the third game was was because it was a, originally was two weeks away from the from the first game of the season and and the third game now is still two weeks away from the, the start of the season even though the fourth game has has been lifted out so I think that's definitely where their where their heads will be at I think Harbour I just think when you look at the way he reacted after the Dobbins injury where he just he seemed inconsolable on the sideline sort of like question he was question like self full of self-doubt in the press conference like questioning his decision to to play the starters like it, it was it was a really interesting introspective moment to see him in that way that we we don't usually get to see and so I, I, that I think that has driven his his mantra since then on the preseason which is to just keep I, we sort of said last week we wouldn't we thought we wouldn't see any starters I think I always when I said that I was still think I was thinking in my head well I think we'll see Zay Flowers I think we'll see some of those guys on the on the offensive line like it was kind of predictable that we would see some of those guys that don't haven't had many snaps and need to sort of prove themselves like a Jarbo and that seems to make sense but anybody of any consequence is not going to see the field Marlon Humphrey's not going to touch the field um you know Ronnie Stanley isn't I think that that's the thing maybe we could get some sort of agreement for this game where everyone I don't know just plays in their socks um just so they don't get pleats stuck in the grass and tear ACLs like that that'd be great yeah, Tyler Huntley's obviously got a little hamstring injury, so it might, it might just be the Josh Johnson Anthony Brown show for for this week. We'll uh, we'll see if they do think that they're going to keep um, Tyler Huntley as the two. You you probably don't really want to um, wheel him out there. Shane, any any battles you've got your eye on for for this preseason week two game? No. Cool. <laughs> uh, you can tell you can tell I'm going on holiday tomorrow because not only do I leave Tucker and the field goal off the uh, <laughs> off the notes, I didn't mention James Prochet either, who um, who fumbled uh, a punt on his own ten yard line, uh, and surely has signed his his exit from from the team. And then afterwards, John Harbaugh said that uh, that Prochet had suffered a contusion. I believe he walked into a door uh, <laughs> at some point. So, um, so no, I don't know. Maybe, I mean, 
he's at a point where he's desperately trying to to save himself but i think he might end up in the doghouse and not you might not even see the james prochet show um it's the sort of some of the stuff that we talked about in the eagles game will we see the quarterbacks come the other way around let huntley go against um the the backups this time and let johnson go against the the third string maybe um but uh i think because the ravens so much of the ravens roster is set this is not a very interesting preseason. There's not a lot of question marks over what this roster is going to look like in a few weeks' time. So it's just about make sure nobody gets injured, make sure that the young guys get enough enough reps that they don't feel too nervous when week one comes around, and then that's it. Um, has anyone seen the Washington Commanders' most recent X, where it's like hanging in the Louvre and it's um, Emmanuel Forbes guarding Odell Beckham? If you, listeners, if you haven't seen this, head to X and see it. Um, it's, it's just hanging in the Louvre and it's just a nice photo of Emmanuel Forbes guarding Odell Beckham for 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 you for you podcast host. He's basically got one hand on his eye, one thumb up his nose, <laughs> one hand on his shoulder pad, and the ball is still about a foot away from his hands. So he's basically tackling before the ball's got there, and the commanders think this is great. <laughs> the amazing <laughs> thing is, even in the comments, there are commanders fans going, "Yeah, that's defensive pass interference, or illegal hands to the face, or something." <laughs> like it's clearly not. That's clearly a foul. Sorry, guys. I mean, even they say so. So you don't even have to... Even the Ravens fans are like, oh, they seem to have taken care of that one. Yep, that's fine. <laughs> oh, what a terrible franchise. Right, okay. I won't, I won't um, push you for a score prediction this week. Um, that was a bit of silliness. But the only thing I will ask you is, um, very quickly around the room, Shane, does the streak continue? Yes. Ben? Yes. James? Yes. Does it matter... No. no, no, because it doesn't. Right? Okay. Oh, no, I, said, I said last week I wouldn't be unhappy. Um, I wouldn't be unhappy if it ended. But there's something about yeah. Washington that I just hope it doesn't happen against them. Yeah, it's a Maryland rivalry. Yeah. We've got to yeah. win this one. <laughs> Go win this one. Let's send Justin Tucker out for a 70 yarder at the end of the game to win it, and hopefully not uh, um, any ligaments while doing it. Um, Okay, uh, we'll be back next week then back on pretty much regular season scheduling for now every week from the UK Ravens podcast um, so what we'll be doing next week we will be, I guess we'll touch on the London events, just to go back over that, please check your emails if you haven't already, don't wait on your tickets there are yeah, 75% sold out so um, less than 100 tickets remain so um, please get on that pretty quickly um, we'll be announcing the Sunday morning event in the next couple of weeks so keep your eyes on your emails for that we'll be back next week when we round up the preseason week 2 win against the Washington Commanders and preview preseason week 3 against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers if you'd like to be involved with the show as always please email us at ukravenshow at gmail.com until next time the undefeated streak continues let's go Ravens Thank you for listening to the UK Ravens podcast. This podcast is created, hosted and produced by members of the UK Ravens. Join the community on social media at UK Ravens and facebook.com forward slash UK Ravens. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the UK Ravens podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you listen to your favourite podcasts. To be involved with the show, email us at ukravenshow at gmail.com. For more info, links, and to stay up to date, visit www.ukravens.com.
So James provided you with a perfect clip to cut out just then. <laughs> was, it, was it dick wipes that you just that you just dick wipes? Great, just sort of appeared. Because I, 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 now, thankfully, because I'm still recording, you've provided me with the perfect. Yeah, well, it's, <laughs> no, it's never ending. I knew a guy in Miami that had started a company. Uh, he used to do basically diet pills and did really well out of it. He's selling like magazines and things like that, you know, and, and uh, basically email spam. And, and he'd made loads out of it. They had new products and he used to develop them in wherever the hell it was, you know, uh, Guatemala or wherever that they, 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 the pharmaceutical. And, and they came up with a product and they called it new bag and it was and it was for basically keeping your balls fresh and uh and it was and it was and it was n u with like an umlaut bag so it was really, and uh yeah, he wow. gave me he gave me a sample i never tried it but yeah put that on the end of the podcast everyone will be off to google immediately new bag. see if this still exists uh, if he does, right. I'm going to get some royalties from him on that. <laughs>